0: pray. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. What would we do without him, without you? Is that what the Sabbath's all about? It's got to be. Oh, seal it in our hearts this day with Jesus. We pray together in his name. Amen. Amen. How about a sports headline from the news three days ago. You up to that? This is CNN. That's Wednesday. An Alabama high school basketball team say they were forced to choose faith over a tournament game. The governor is demanding answers. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds serious. Opening words, Oakwood Adventist Academy. Hey, I know that place is a Seventh-day Avenue school in Huntsville, located 100 miles north of Birmingham. Their men's basketball team had advanced to the semifinals of the state tournament last week, the school's athletic director, Calvin Morton, told CNN. But the regional semifinal game was set for Saturday at 4.30 p.m. and would interfere with Sabbath, which is observed from sundown Friday to sundown on Saturday. Morton said he emailed the Alabama High School Athletic Association to ask if they could play at 7.30 instead. After sunset, to meet their religious beliefs, the request was denied. We weren't asking for a change of stadium or venue or a change of a different day. It was a simple two- or three-hour game. And by the way, other teams participating stepped forward and said, yeah, we'll switch with them, we'll switch with them. Request denied again. Morton said they had a team meeting, and everyone was on the same page. They would forfeit. Now, Governor Kay Ivey, is stepping in. And she took to Twitter, posted letters she's written to the athletic director of the state and the principal of the school. First to the athletic director. These are her words. I am writing to express my profound concern and to get some answers about the alleged treatment of Oakwood Adventist Academy. How can we as a state ensure that something like this never occurs again? You go, Governor. And then she wrote a letter to the principal, Principal Judy Childs Dent. She offers solidarity. I quote, "...the idea that a team like Oakwood could be denied a chance to compete based on its faith without even the most modest of accommodations is deeply concerning." The letter reads, So I'm gonna make it up to you. She said, Bring that whole team and the coaches. And you come too, Madam Principal. You come and spend the day with me at the Capitol. Don't worry about that tournament. We'll have a good time together. And then at the end, the, the, the release reads the team's senior captain Raynon and Andrews told a reporter they have no regrets about their decision. There is a whole Facebook community. There are people all around the world texting parents saying how proud they are of us. That means a lot." End quote. So what do you say to that? Absolutely. Put your hands together if you really are proud of these kids. I mean, please. Wow. This is a friendly audience. If you can get an applause for standing up for the Sabbath, it would be this audience, so good for you. Why did those young men take the stand they did? Because they have made a commitment to their Creator and Savior. That's why. And if it means losing the tournament, they're gonna make sure they don't lose their connect with the God of gods and the Savior of the world. I am so proud of them. Aren't you? My, oh, my, oh, my. What lights those young men's fire? I'll show it to you. It's right from the Bible. This is the same Creator, a friend of his long ago as their friends of the Creator. Open your Bible to Isaiah chapter 58. Take a look at this. My, my, my. What a What a promise. You find it in your Bible? Good for you. Isaiah 58. I'm going to read just the last two lines of the chapter. Put it on the screen so you can Follow along as well. God speaking through His friend Isaiah. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking out of words, guess what? Then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast in the Sounds like a party to me. And to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for what? The mouth of the Lord has spoken. There it is, folks, the Sabbath. day. Did you catch that? Day of delight. That's why that entire team said, no, we're not, we're not stepping out of the day of delight. By the way, I love that word delight. Twice in twice in that uh, that passage. In fact, you remember this verse from the, from the Psalms? I know you do. Uh, Isaiah, I mean, not Isaiah, Psalm 37. Everybody knows this line. This is verse 4. Take delight. So it's the same word. I just wanted you to see that. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the what? The desires of your heart. When I was a boy starting out in ministry as an intern in Roseburg, Oregon, I was rummaging around an old cupboard in the in, in the church there as an intern, and there I found in the back of the cover a little wooden plaque, and on the plaque were these words. And so I took that little plaque home to my very little apartment so that little old me could claim this little promise. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. I claim that promise every day, and you know what? I'm here to tell you. It brought me Karen. (laughs) I'm telling you the truth. It brought me my wife. If you're not married, take a picture quick of this line and just take it home. Come on. It worked for me. It'll work for you. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, my, that word delight. If you call the Sabbath a delight, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. The day of delight. That's what it's supposed to be. Why have we made it so hard and bad and kind of ugly? No, this is a party day. The Sabbath is a party day. You saw that we're going to have good food, we're going to feast together, but you know why it's a party day? Because the life of the party is there, and the life of the party is the Almighty God Himself. I am your forever friend, and ev- there's no other God that will do this to you, by the way. I will meet with you the seventh day of every week, you and me together, just like that. We'll party together. Day of delight. Oh, I love that. And by the way, you can, you, you can thank Jesus for teaching what I'm going to put on the screen right now. It doesn't feel like a Jesus teaching, but I'm going to show you, because it has everything to do with the Sabbath. See if you can figure it out. This little secret about throwing a party, we all love to throw parties together, but look at this secret. Don't forget this one. The secret to a great party is not the day of the party, but the day before the party. I mean, if you're a party planner, it's not what you're doing on the day of the party. It's what you did the day before, because we're only going to be talking about you if you did the day before first, right? And Jesus says, guess what? That's why I'm big on the day before. Here's a story about Jesus. You remember this? This is Gospel of Luke. This is like on Wednesday. He'll be crucified on Friday, and it's over. All right? So this is Passion Week. Luke 22, verse 8. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, hey, fellas, I need you to go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. And so where do you want us to prepare for it? they asked. Jesus answers. As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and you say to the owner of that house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished, make preparations there. So guess what? They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared for the Passover, what's the word that you see re- uh, appearing again and again in that little passage? What's the word? Come on, you saw it. It's the word "prepare," preparation. Jesus has always big on, has been big on preparation. In fact, he's the one that invented the preparation for the Sabbath. No, you watch. Go make preparation for us. When it comes to the Sabbath. I mean, who doesn't love the story of, of the incarnated Christ coming down? I'm not going to creation now. I'm going to the, I'm going to the children of Israel. He comes down and he offers them room service just outside their doors every single day of the week. Almost. I mean, come on. You remember the story about the manna? Everybody knows the story about the manna. What is it called? Angel food? I love this, uh, by the way, description of the taste. This is Exodus chapter 16, verse 31. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. I bet you didn't have a breakfast that good today. No, come on. Like wafers? Wafers made with honey? My, oh, my. Sign me up. He said, I am. He says to them, Look it. Here's what's going to happen. Six days of the week, these lovely, sweet, wafer-like flakes are going to blanket the ground. But I want you to listen to these instructions, please. First thing every morning, everybody gets out of the tent. Come on, up early. Up, up, and everybody goes out to collect uh, manna. That would be your food for the day. Don't collect extra manna thinking you're going to sleep in the next day. No, you can't do that because it will rot. It will spoil if you keep it. This is designed so that you have to get it every single day. But then on the sixth day, I need you to do this. Collect double. Collect double the amount, because on the seventh day, there will be no manna. Trust me, there will be no manna. Double? The food that spoils if you take a flake more? Yep, double on the sixth day. My, oh, my. So what happens? Watch this. Nevertheless, some of the people didn't take... Didn't prepare. They went out on the seventh day. How much did they get? Nada, nothing. Then the Lord said to Moses, Yo, Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? Bear in mind, the Lord goes on, that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That's why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one's to go out to have to work. So the people rested on the seventh day. Jesus has always been big, the Creator incarnate. He has always been big on the day before the Sabbath. You have Preparation Day, then you have Sabbath Day. You have Preparation Day, then you have Sabbath Day. He invented both of them. My. And he performs two miracles to prove that has God's fingerprints all over the seventh-day Sabbath. Look at these two miracles in case you just missed it. Two miracles. Miracle number one, manna falls every single day of the week except on the Sabbath. We're not dealing now with some kind of cyclical pattern of nature. Every day, this manna shows up. No, it suddenly, mysteriously stops, and there's nothing on the Sabbath. You You can't pull that off in nature. Somebody has his fingerprints on this. And here's the second miracle. Miracle number two, extra manna spoils every single day of the week except on the Sabbath. Now, come on. Who are we dealing with here? The creator of the universe. If he wants to provide food this way, be our guest. And he was our guest long, long ago. Oh, what's that line? If you call the Sabbath the delight... Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord." I love that. It's the day of delight. From the Garden of Eden onward, the Creator has always intended the seventh day to be a day of delight. And what makes it a day of delight is because of the sixth day, which is the day of preparation. In fact, you know what? When the Creator comes to flesh and to earth, guess what? There are only two days of the week that are actually named in the faith community. You guessed it. Watch this. This is Passion Week now. This is Good Friday. Okay, so this is Jesus' dying day. I'm having a little problem with this little changer here. It's just run out of juice or something. It's not even changing now. Hey, guys, just, 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 thanks for leaving that. Uh, I want to go back. Uh, yeah, I'll do it here. Yeah. If you call the Sabbath a delight... Oh, that was okay. Yeah, I got it. Uh, If you call the Sabbath a delight, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. Put your hands up if you want me to use the one in the right hand. Put your hands up if you want me to use the one in the left hand. Let's see which one is faster. (laughs) Come on. If you call the Sabbath a delight. All right. I'll try this one that you gave me. All right. Ooh, look at this. This is from Passion Week. Good Friday. It was Preparation Day, and I put in Good Friday. They didn't call it Friday back then. It was called Preparation Day. Sixth day of the week. It was Preparation Day, Good Friday, and the Sabbath was about to begin. Those are the only two names in a a week when Jesus was here. Preparation Day, Sabbath Day. All four Gospels identify these two days by name. Preparation Day, Sabbath Day. Oh, oh, there's, there's first day. That's how you call it. There's second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day. But when you get to the sixth day, it's preparation day. And we get to, when you get to the seventh day, it's Sabbath day. It was designed by the Creator. Why does, he, why does He design that? Watch this. The secret, you remember this, the secret to a great party is not the day of the party, but the... Do it out loud with me. But the day before the party. That's the deal. And he's big on it. God's party, day of delight, his Sabbath, in the beginning, preparation day, Sabbath day. But, oh, boy, Houston, we have a problem. What's the problem? If I might be utterly candid with you, the forgotten day among Sabbath keepers, the forgotten day is the preparation day. Oh, we got the seventh day, but we have entirely forgotten the sixth day, called Preparation Day. Hmm. And by because of that, we think... Now, here's the problem. We think that in order to avoid work on the Sabbath, we must go out and eat on the Sabbath and have dinner on the town. That's our conclusion. That's what we got to do. I'm saving work. We have forgotten a line that we never noticed before. How could you forget it if you've never noticed it? Well, you'll notice it now. It's in the fourth commandment, written with the finger of our beloved Creator. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. We know that line. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. We know that line, too. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. We know that line as well. But keep reading. Neither you nor your son or daughter nor your... I put the italics in here. ...nor your male or female servant... Nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. What's going on here? I left the last verse of the commandment out. What's going on here? What's going on is that we think it's okay for us to not work on the Sabbath by having our manservant and our maidservant work for us instead on the Sabbath. That's what we've concluded. We've missed. The italicized words, nor your male or female servant. Where are you going with this, Dwight? I'll tell you where, I'm, where we're going with this. So we go out and we pay the servants of commerce. Servants of commerce. We're talking about the cooks, the waiters, the busboys, the concierge. We pay them hands- handsomely. Whether any cash passes directly from our hands to theirs or not is not the issue. We just pay them well. well. Listen, Dwight, I'm actually using a credit card. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm putting it on the bill. Oh, really? Picky, picky, picky. Be honest. Be honest right now with yourself, with, if with no one else. We are paying for others to do the work we don't want to do on the Sabbath because it's too much of a bother. That's why. Now, give me the logic of that. James Richard Wibberding. In this book, Sabbath Reflections, a weekly devotional, makes a profound point I had never thought of before. Maybe you haven't either. Let's check it out. Here we go. What do you think? So it's a rhetorical question. What do you think, he asks the reader, can making commercial transactions on the Sabbath, because it's talking about in the day of Nehemiah, he's just been dealing with it, Nehemiah, they were actually buying and selling on the Sabbath. They just totally lost it all. Can making commercial transactions on the Sabbath harmonize with the idea of undistracted time with God? Can it? (laughs) I didn't think so. Of course, we agree. It's tempting to look at such restrictions as restrictions on your freedom. Keep reading. But it is more accurate to view them as restrictions on what keeps you from God, granting you freedom to know Him. Keep reading now. And these italics are mine, because here's the sentence that I had never thought of. The purpose of commerce. And what is commerce? It's buying and selling. When I buy, I, I'm, I'm, br- I, I'm bringing it to me. When I sell, I sell my time and then I get paid for the time I sell. The purpose of commerce, buying or selling, is self preservation. Isn't that why we buy? Yeah, I want to live. We buy, 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 buy. Sabbath reminds you that God preserves you, Sabbath teaches trust. Now I want you to brood on that for a moment. Just look at that italicized line. Oh, that's something. What is that again? The purpose of commerce, buying or selling, is self-preservation. Sabbath reminds you and me that God preserves us. Sabbath teaches trust. That is the most succinct but comprehensive case against buying and selling, against purchasing and working on the Sabbath I have ever read in that one sentence. You say, yeah, but Dwight, Dwight I got to eat. Don't you understand? I got to eat. Of course you have to eat. But you don't have to go out to eat on the Sabbath. That's what the preparation day is for. Yeah, but I forgot to prepare. Well, don't tell me about that. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're traveling or whatever, or you're here at home. Would it be so bad? miss a meal on the Sabbath? I mean, I'm looking at you. I'm thinking we could probably get by without a meal even if we forgot to prepare. Right? Yeah, but Dwight, it's it's not just about preparing. I mean, I have to work. I have to earn a living, and it includes working on the Sabbath. Okay. At least you're honest. I want to ask you a question. Can he not, speaking of God, can he not find a job where you don't have to work on the Sabbath in order to honor him? Are his arms so short he doesn't know what to do? This is too big a problem for him? Come on. Do you trust him? Dwight, do you trust me? Good question, Lord. Wow. Yo, Dwight, do you eat out on the Sabbath? I don't. But in the past, there were times I did. And now that I've been exposed to this italicized line on the screen in front of you, I realize now that if I must explain myself when someone says, hey, come join us, we're gonna go out and eat on the Sabbath, I have a simple reason to express my conviction. And it will not be a judgment on them. Who am I to judge? It's a decision on my part. Like the basketball team, okay? A bunch of teenagers. It's a decision like that. I make the decision, as those young men did. And I say, I can't. It doesn't make me a hero. Don't pin a little badge on me that I wear to church the next day. It has nothing to do with that. It's my friendship with God. That takes priority on his day. He gave me six others, and he also gave me the day before. Yo, Dwight, what were you thinking? You, you wasted all of Friday. Huh. Wow. Walter Brueggemann, in his book, Sabbath is Resistance, saying no to the culture of now. Oh, boy, is he right. The restfulness of Sabbath is an act of resistance to commodity acquisition. Give me, give me, buy, buy, click, click, Amazon, click, 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 more, please. Amazon Prime, click, 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 click. click. He's right. The restfulness of Sabbath is an act of resistance to commodity acquisition, but Sabbath is not only resistance, it is alternative. It is an alternative that defies the most elemental requirements of a commodity-propelled society that specializes in control and entertainment, bread and circuses, along with anxiety and violence. That's what our society has to offer us in the end. The The truth be told. It is conformity to culture and the crowd that leads us not to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. That's it. That's some evil, sinister force. No. It's a force of culture. It's the force of the crowd. Come on, go with me. We're going to do this now. I think of those teenage jocks. Wow. Wow. Don't you suppose that team felt the the pressure of and the pull of culture and the crowd as they took their stand? I mean, semifinals, you're gonna go for the finals. You're that good. No, never mind sports. The very purpose of the Preparation Day Friday is to make non essential commerce, that's buying and selling, on the Sabbath day, make it non essential. You don't have to have it. There's a day before. Do all the buying and selling you want the day before. That's why God instructs us to take advantage of the preparation day so we don't have to go out on the Sabbath to fill up our stomachs or to fill up our cars or to fill up our shopping bags or to fill up our hunger for entertainment, our thirst for sports, to just fill it up like we do the other six days of the week. He said, no, 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 no. Big T, basketball time. Big T, timeout, you and me. That's all. Can't he ask for a timeout? You do. They do. Ah, day of delight. Read it if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day. If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and by the way, somebody's been listening to those two words. They said, well, you said you were right about the preparation day. That's the sixth day, and you're right about the seventh day, but Dwight, you forgot the Lord's day mentioned in Revelation only once in the Bible, Revelation 110. You say, that's Sunday. No, it's not Sunday. He just tells us right here. He just says the Sabbath is the Lord's holy day. There is only one Lord's day. You can call whatever you want the next day. Doesn't make it the Lord's day. He has one day, and it's the seventh day. And there's a the day before it. It's the preparation day. Day of delight. Keep reading. And if you honor that day and God by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then, quid pro quo, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride and triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Day of delight. Does it really work? Listen. Let, let, let me let our friend Jane Thayer kind of slip, slip into our conversation right now. She sent me this a bunch of weeks ago, but I want you to hear it. So, this is one of grown up in our midst. She's been a part of this university community, she and Jerry. Anyway, she says in this letter to me, and I asked her permission to share it. She says in this letter, you know, I went to this thing that the uh, women's ministry put on, Yolanda. Robertson and Joanne Davidson, they had this beautiful weekend on how to celebrate the Sabbath. We're having worship over here, and they packed out. They packed out that seminary chapel. Good for them. So she's there, and she said, I was really fascinated with this idea, inspired about doing something special to begin the Sabbath. So I knew that my son Scott was coming, and he was bringing, and his wife and his two kids, and they're coming to spend the weekend with us, and I decided, I'm going to do something. So on Friday, she she ordered, well, she, a little early in the week, she ordered a simple but beautiful soup tureen, glass votive candle holders, and LED tea lights. Then Friday morning, she takes her two 11 year old grandchildren with her to Bit of Swiss. You ever been to of Swiss, Stevensville? Oh boy, very good. But anyway, she goes there and buys, she says, we bought a few goodies, and then we bought the hala bread. It's the, you know the twisted bread? The twisted bread? They bought that. And then she told her son what she, she was going to do. She said, I'm going to have a prayer blessing. We have this little candlelight. uh, Welcome to the Sabbath. Would you? Would you mind? You pray over your children. I'm going to pray over you and and uh, uh, Erica. Okay. Scott told her. He said, "I've been wondering if there's something special I could do. This is a young adult now. If I could do on the Sabbath to make it special as it begins, let's do it." When the kids came up with the hands washed. For supper, they walked into the dining room and were surprised. At this point, we all lit our candles, which were placed at each setting. I explained to the children about the prayers of blessing. Scott prayed over his kids. I blessed Eric and Scott. I had made notes of what to say because I knew I would get a little emotional, I'm sure, Mom. I cannot tell you. Now, these are her words. I cannot tell you how special, comma holy, and then in dashes. Yes, holy, H-O-L-Y. I cannot tell you how holy that time around the table was. The kids love pulling that halal bed apart. And the interesting thing was the specialness of Sabbath continued through the evening. That's it. When you prepare for it, the whole day is different. Why? Because we this is party time. It's the day before the party that counts. That's what's going on. Yeah, do I want your point to me? My point to you is simple. You can do it too. Don't give me this business about well, I don't have the book. You don't need instructions. You don't even need candles and the, the halal bread, but you need to prepare in advance. And it's going to be a day with you and your, your forever friends. So what are you going to do? Well, I would suggest you get music that you, and your, that you and Jesus enjoy, so you play that music as the Sabbath's beginning. You might want to read a few Bible passages. You may, write, you may buy a, a, some kind of inspirational book where you'll read a chapter a week and just kind of work your way through the book. Do whatever your heart tells you will honor you and the Creator together. And you love it. And by the way, if you try it, send me a note, will you? Tell me what you did. Just send me a note, and I'll celebrate with you. I'm proud of you. The Sabbath is a day of delight. That's God's point. How we prepare for it makes all the difference in the world. One more time, remember, what's the, what's the great law? The secret to a great party is not the day of the party, but the day before the party. That's what makes the party so great. Ah. In closing, from my favorite book, Desire of Ages, this sentence. To all who receive the Sabbath as a sign of Christ's creative and redeeming power, it will be a delight. Seeing Christ in it, they will delight themselves in Him. Isn't that beautiful? What was it we've been reading? If you call the Sabbath a delight, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. They have said that of Israel this sentence was spoken. I'm going to put the sentence in front of you in just a second. They have said of Israel, this sentence has been spoken. But as I look at that sentence, I think that sentence might be, the, might be true about you and me and our faith community called the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Here's the sentence. It was not Israel that kept the Sabbath, but the Sabbath that kept Israel. Wow. That's pretty good. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, there is a major crisis coming, and it will have everything to do about the Sabbath. If we fudge, if we fail, to keep it holy now when we have it so easy, we will never keep it in the heart of that crisis. The quizzes are now. The test is coming. Don't miss next week. We end the series. Don't miss next week. Let's pray. Oh, God for the Day of Delight, your Sabbath, we thank you. And for the day before the Day of Delight, we humbly ask you to help us remember it, too, so that we, too, can remember to keep the Sabbath holy, with joy, with Jesus. Amen. Amen.